freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 284 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. And our guest today is John Age. John is a researcher and the host of The Anomic Age, a weekly show where he inter interviews guests covering a range of topics from religion and government corruption to vaccines and media manipulation. With a ravenous appetite for the truth, John focused heavily on the events of the 1990s, such as Ruby Ridge, Waco, Oklahoma City bombing, and Cl Columbine, etc that shaped and paved the way for many to willingly, willfully give up their rights. He uh, relentlessly pursued. His relentless it. pursuit of the truth, right? Uh -huh. Led him to create the Anomic Age in 2018, where he continues to share the truth with others each week. And our theme today is sociology and the two. Hey, welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a uh... Such an honor for me to be on the show and to share your audience and everything else. Thank you. Hey, I, I just learned I shouldn't do the introduction while I'm chewing taffy. Apparently <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not. Apparently not. Get rid of the taffy. I'm making a note. No taffy for Dan. Um, so the honor really was mine first because you had me on your show, The Anomic Age, and I was unaware of it before I came on. And now it's, it's, I'm a little addicted. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's very addicting, the topics that you you have on. So tell us about the show. It's an unusual name you've chosen for the show. Um, just take us into that world. Yeah, well, I actually sort of came up with the URL and all that stuff during the, the Barisitaro regime of Obama a few years back. And I always kind of tongue in cheek or jokingly say, you know, I wanted to call it uh, like global satanic death cult, but that wouldn't really fit on a t-shirt. So I kind of shortened it. <laughs> I think it's already the name of a band. So it might be, yeah, yeah. it's probably on there, but, <laughs> but I was kind of just looking at names and stuff one day and I found the word anomic, which is a weird word from Emil Durkheim. And he was actually studying suicide, which was pretty apropos with the way our country was going, but mm -hmm. he was looking at it and he was basically saying that the word anomie or anomic is, uh, is a term that basically means no norms, no standards, the decay of, of rules and any sense of normality. And it can cause this sense of isolation and, and lead to suicide. And I was saying, well, dang, that sounds a heck of a lot like America about seven years ago. And as foolishly, I didn't think it'd get much worse, but <laughs> here we are, we're, we're under the uh, Chairman Biden regime and we're about to have global passports and we're talking anal swabs and mask ordinances and 
Wait, what, what about Amos Wobbs? <laughs> Wait, and he just woke up. He, he needs to know now. Yeah, they're rolling this out as a testing method in China. So that means it will be here in a couple months, I'm sure. That could be a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah you can't make this stuff did. up. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> I know. And, and I agree with you. We are, you know, seven years ago when Obama was the president, you know, we thought, oh, man, it can't get much worse. But really, it can't get much worse. It can't. We are, we are so upside, up, opposite right now. Mm -hmm. The world's upside down. We, who would imagine that we'd have the people that are running Congress right now? You know? Well, I guess the voters figured that out. I don't know did how. They? Did they? Or Well, did they? But did they, though? That's right. Did they? We, John, did they? I don't think so. I think a couple of years ago when they elected the squad with <clears throat> Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and everybody's favorite darling, AOC. I mean, I think that was definitely a stolen election. I think that was just kind of the precursor. I think they were testing the waters. They're going, look, we're just going to get all these crooks in and uh, see what happens. And there was just a, a flat line on the pond, so to speak, not even a ripple. And they just went, okay, well, we got this. We'll go they're like, they're like, for the for all the marbles here with the presidential election. And right. They're like, we so got away with that. What yeah, else they were just like, oh, right. man, we got these crooks in. Wow. Nobody even blinked. And I think AOC is her own darling. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> but um, just she really loves looking at herself on on the. You guys are upsetting Twitter. my stomach with um, all those words. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've titled this show Sociology in the 2A because sociology is the study of society. And so, you know, the anomic age, you know, you're looking at maybe society is is doing itself in. Maybe we're slowly one day at a time, one bad decision at a time, one step on the wrong side of the Constitution at a time. Maybe Emil Durkheim had something there that that we are as a society committing a suicide of our nation. I pray not. But so much of our contemporary culture seems designed, and I'm using that word very purposefully, designed to be incompatible with what our founders secured for us, including, of course, what we talk about a lot here on this show, the Second Amendment. So could you talk to us a little bit from your perspective about the role of education in the ongoing culture war in the West? And, and if it's not education, which is what I think so, where so much of this comes from, then, then correct me and you go where you think it comes from. Oh, I'd love to. I'll, I'll sort of dive into the theory a little bit. I'll try not to make it too dense or crazy for the listeners. But I mean, so much of this is goes back to the work of Antonio Gramsci, who was an Italian communist. And I think he died in the 1930s. Don't quote me. I think it's 37. But nevertheless, um, his big claim to fame was going to prison and coming up with this work called the prison notebooks. And it's it, I wouldn't say the Bible, but it's certainly a big reference book for the communists within academia. And what he was talking about was this term hegemony or hegemony. And it's basically just the dominance of one group over another. And he was really forming it as the cultural hegemony. So he was saying the dominant culture. So you might look at the Greek or Roman empires or the British empire for sure as being dominant cultures or, or the global hegemon back in history. So he was, of course, looking at this through this Marxist lens of the, the proletariats and the, the bourgeoisie, the haves and the have-nots, so to speak. So he was saying, well, how do we break down 
the hegemonic system. How do we destroy capitalism is what he was really talking about here. And he was saying we have to do what's called counter hegemony. We've got to form our own counter system to the norm or to the dominant culture. So he was really working off that principle. And we see so much of that in what's going on today. But the guy that I think took it one step beyond was a German, Rudy Duchka, who died in, in the early 70s. But he was, again, he was a German communist, heavily influenced by Marx, heavily influenced by, by the critical theory that was being promulgated out of Germany with the Frankfurt School, the Frankfurt Institute. So what Duchka really came up with was the long march through the institutions. So he was sort of connecting all the dots and he was saying, we've got to infiltrate the institutions and we've got to do this long march. Basically, it's going to take a long time, multiple generations, but we've got to, in essence, get them while they're young and train them. I always just say K through 12 indoctrination, college, university weaponization. And that's exactly what that long march is all about. It's infiltrating the institutions because the hegemony, um, Gramsci would say, replicates itself. So if you the hegemonic system controls the media or the schools and so forth. So it's going to duplicate itself. So they've got to form the counter hegemony and infiltrate all that to foul it up basically. And just sort of push that Overton window over a little bit each year until we've gone from, from prayer in schools to taking out prayer in schools, uh, introducing the pill, legitimizing abortion, legitimizing drug use, legitimizing promiscuity, all forms of sexual immorality until we're all the way over here to, uh, to let's just be relative. It's all okay. Let's just say kumbaya and dance around the circle bra. It's going to be okay. We'll, we'll let in the pedophiles. We'll let in the illegal immigrants. We'll let in whatever you want on the TV news, but uh, don't, don't dare say the G word. Don't dare say God and don't dare say uh, anything bill of rights constitution, because that's the, that's the old hegemon. We can't have that. We got to, infiltrate the new system well you know i'm, I'm 65 years old and so <laughs> i was here yeah i was here in the you know the 50s and you know i've i, I see exactly what you're saying you know the the god in school was a big deal 59 60 don't have you can't say god in school and then the, you know they want to get rid of the pledge of allegiance they want to get rid of the prayers all this stuff i saw and you're right it was slowly just coming and now you know, they're trying to break the Constitution up by first not educating people what the Constitution is. And then after they do that, then now they destroy the Constitution by saying all the evil things it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's scary. You're giving me chills thinking about I've seen it. It's there. It's not something we read about. I was there. Mm -hmm. It's scary. You've watched it in real time. And they've convinced everybody to hate themselves. That's sort of like an underlying current because they've convinced uh, through this sort of critical theory, which is just another fancy way of, sp of saying, you know, we're going to be critical of anything uh, norm, anything standard, anything capitalist or what have you. So they've, they've become, uh, I don't know, like they've convinced everybody to hate themselves. They've convinced anything white or male is terrible. They've convinced any other minority that they're, they're being oppressed. They've convinced the women that they're being oppressed and homosexuality, they're being oppressed. So they've got everybody to hate themselves to, to destroy the system. And it's working pretty darn well. Well, I think it starts with that victim mindset that I just started, uh, my degrees are in psychology. And so I've just always kind of fascinated with word use, language use, 
you know, when you start seeing, um, you know, the same things kind of playing out, but in different things, like, so you hear it on the news, you see it uh, in a, in a sitcom it's on, you know, the Oprah show, I think was a big thing back in the eighties is where I really started hearing like every single guest was a victim of somebody, a victim of something. And, you know, in psychology, we're trying to help people stop thinking like a victim. You know, it's like, yeah, but where, where are you in this? Like, what can you do about it? So they watched those shows so they could compare themselves to everybody else and the problems they're going through, like the Springer show and all that. Yeah, They got it bad. Not as bad as I do, but they got it bad. I love to see stuff where people are worse off than I am well, type of mentality. Well, part of it. But if I'm a victim, then there has to be someone who has victimized me, right? And so now we're started to identify, well, who the victimizers are or were. And uh, so then the victimizers, I mean, all they can do, well, okay, well, nobody victimized, I guess I am a bad person and I have to feel bad about myself. You know, wh wow. where do I sign up for reparations for every single, you know, syllable that I've ever breathed that could, somebody could take wrong. Um, so I'm tracking with you here, John, I, I think you're onto something. Yeah, and it really follows that sort of, they call it binary opposition or the haves and the have nots that it always follows. Somebody's got me down because of so forth. It's kind of like every novel, the antagonist and protagonist, they're keeping me down, whoever that is, they are, you know. And even the leaders are doing it though. These people that are high up in power. I mean, remember Hillary putting the blame on everybody else when she didn't become president. So That's when the awful. leaders do it, the people that are organizing and controlling this, it's really scary because- they can't control it now. Mm -hmm. They're the victims. Whoa. Yeah. But what can I ask one of the, John? Yeah. I'm Go scared. I'm, I'm, I'm actually terrified. What can, what can we do to stop this? Because they have the foothold of the schools. You know, they, our youth is our future and they are controlling our future. They're controlling the teachers to make sure that the students still do what they're doing and have been doing. How do we change that? Hmm. Well, <laughs> this might be kind of silly, but <laughs> in the original Amityville horror movie, and this is a weird stretch, I know, but the priest goes in and the evil voice says, get out. <laughs> and I think that's exactly what the heck everybody needs to do. If they can, even if it's going to, if it's going to disrupt, you know, the work schedule, if it's going to disrupt, maybe we're going to have to take a separate job or move, whatever the case may be. I think get out is really the only answer yeah. as far as the school system goes. I think well, yeah. if you can do something homeschool, I mean, with my daughter, we've got sort of a, a homeschool and a, a private Christian school that work together. So it's kind of a two for one deal. But I mean, as much as you can just get them out of the cult, I mean, it sounds kind of heavy to a lot of people, but I compare it to sacrificing the kids to the cult of, of the Aztecs with Kukulkan or the Romans or the Greeks or whatever. I mean, they were sacrificing kids. And I think people don't see it as a sacrifice of children today because they say, well, we just put them on the bus and they go to the school and I've got my own business and job and I've got to work in the mine or whatever. But I mean, when it comes back home would be 12, 12 years later when, when you're going, man, how did my kid end up side with Antifa and BLM. I mean, we went to Sunday school and we did all the right stuff, but you're missing that key principle is that you gave your kids over to the cult for at least eight hours a day. And if you just do the math, well, dang, I see them right when they wake up and right before they go to bed, 
and some other outside entity is controlling them for eight hours a day that's just telling them everything's bad. You know, you're the cause of it all. Uh, Columbus destroyed America. He enslaved millions and the slave trade and, you know, everything under the sun. It's all just bad, bad, bad. So well, I would say get out for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think the government's hearing that word that people are saying get out too, because they're starting to put some of the restrictions on charter schools and the charter schools aren't controlled by the government as far as the uh, teaching and stuff. Well, in private schools as right. well, but scary. you know, that, that is one of the, the parts of COVID that seems uh, like it doesn't quite fit that, that mold of, you know, here was this manufactured crisis and, and so on and so forth is that it did put kids back at home. And so, you know, that could be a true blessing for a lot of families, especially maybe for kids that are a little bit older, you know, leaning towards maybe, you know, junior high school or even high school, because families have had to actually like have conversations with each other for the love of Pete and like look at each other in the eye, maybe across the dinner table in their home because they weren't able to go running around all over the place. And so as difficult as it has been, and our family, you know, has, has struggled through it because my, uh, we have grandkids now and our daughter works in our business. Her husband has a job. So we, we kind of, you know, juggle the kids back and forth throughout the week. And so the six-year-old, she is doing the independent learning on the computer. There's nothing independent learning about a six-year-old. Trust me on this. <laughs> Um, and so when I say struggle through, it's like, because that's not my gift. I mean, I have some gifts, but, but being, you know, uh, a first grade teacher and teaching how to read and stuff, it's not my gift. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And so, um, you know, having to have gone through it, I think is a character building opportunity. It's a family building opportunity. It's a culture building opportunity. And so I wonder if there will be people, even though they're excited that, oh, maybe some schools are opening up and we can get the kids back out, right? <laughs> maybe some people will, will miss that and maybe be a little more tuned into, well, what are their kids learning and what conversations can we have in the evenings? What do, you, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's the biggest blessing of this whole scam for sure. And I think it's probably something that was sort of an unforeseen consequence of this whole thing. I think kind of like the internet, I don't think they meant the internet to get out and actually inform anyone. I think they were just hoping it would control everyone. But I think the same thing with this COVID scam, I think they're going, oh man, they're home with their families and they're going to watch shows like yours and mine. And they're going to not believe the problem that they've been getting. Mm. So that's kind of why I think they're really increasing the censorship more and more and more. And they're taking more platforms down and taking payment processors away and everything like that because they want people to to not be exposed to shows like ours or not even other shows or just to question anything i mean i always kind of have jokingly said the last few years when i was a lot younger i used to see these bumper stickers that said question authority and i don't see those anymore because i don't think anybody's questioning much anymore and that's really sad and i hope that the the younger generations are getting a little bit more of that huh this doesn't really add up you know two plus two doesn't equal seven Mm -hmm. that's weird well it does with uh common core math so yeah, exactly it does with common core the new math so um well i think this is really important 
stuff for people to be considering and thinking about and just challenging their own mindset on it. Because yes, it's convenient and wonderful for somebody else to go raise your kids, but then are they your kids at the end of it? Or are they, you know, the, somebody else's kids or the institution minded uh, child. And we did raise our, we only had one child, but we did raise her to uh, question authority. Oh my gosh. We raised her to question every everything. That's a way to do it. Everything. You got to. And but now, it, is, it is good. And it now good. we're her bosses. And so oh. guess what authority she is questioning oh, all the time. No, it's wonderful. It's it good, is good. It because is good. It, it is makes good. you have to think about. She has a brain. She uses her brain. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing that thing that we have that I don't right. get to use as much as I wish I knew how to use. Right. Like <laughs> there is no because I said so. Right. When you have somebody that's questioning you. You have to really know, you have to be, have the courage of your convictions and know why you're implementing this or not doing that. So this is what we do need from all of our youth so that when they are of age to vote and to run for office themselves, that they're already in that mindset of, you know, do I really, why do I believe what I believe, right? Yes, I think that's crucial. I look back at that. Thomas Jefferson quote, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. It's not cowardice. It's not compliance. And I think somewhere along the way, the American people have, have mixed up the quote or something. They're going, the price of freedom is eternal cowardice. That's it. No, no, it's, it's compliance. No, it's vigilance. It, it's you got to be the constant oh, garden. You've got to get up every That's day and say, is. okay, this isn't another day off. I've actually got to to try to raise my kid right. I can't park him in front of the TV and give him some Cheerios and I'm gonna go whatever, you know, I mean, but it, I mean, it extends to everything, not just the children, the eternal vigilance of, of holding the politicians in check or holding the local officials in check and all this. And so, I think- So John, yeah, I'm sorry, what you, you had mentioned COVID scam or sham or whatever <laughs> that was you said. And, and, and I agree, but do you think that the whole thing was set up or do you think they took advantage of something? Well, first of all, you said COVID, and so now yeah. we're getting canceled right. from YouTube as well. Yeah. Thank you, John. Appreciate I'm sorry. you. Sorry, but I don't want to <laughs> put you on the that. spot. I don't want to put you on the spot, but really, I'll say you, the c word now. <laughs> do you think that uh, this whole thing was planned, and or do they think they took advantage of the situation? Um, uh, well, I think they they definitely ran events like Event Two Hundred One and Operation Lockstep. Uh, like the last five years ago and a little bit more uh, close proximity to that. So I think they were already kind of running ops that would mirror exactly what's going on now. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, I mean, the, the COVID virus, all the documentations there showing, sadly, it was, it was sort of incubated in UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina. And then, uh, then, then old Barry and Fauci shipped it to Wuhan, where I think they really put some fine tuning on it. And then it made its way back here miraculously. So I would say if they didn't completely plan it, like phase one, two, three, and four, then they definitely, definitely used it to, to run the ops like they've run before with Event 201 and Operation Lockstep. Because we know that anytime any sort of event, quote unquote, happens, they've almost always run a drill. If you mm -hmm. look at 9-11, they had several drills going on and, and some of the other big events quote unquote, they always like to run drills to make sure it's going to work and to sort of obfuscate what's really going on. So mm -hmm. I would say yeah. they've pretty much just run this whole thing lock, stock and barrel. I mean, that's kind of my take on it. 
it's surprisingly how the America, how America especially has just complied. You know, we're, we were a strong nation that said, oh no. And why, I mean, how did all of a sudden we just, is it fear? I don't, I think it's just been ingrained in so like multiple generations now to sort of just follow the rules and don't rock the boat. I look at, I look at what you said so often because I think back to my grandparents' generation who were the, the World War II generation and, you know, my, my both sides, they had a business, you know, my, my great grandparents had a, a hotel and then my father's side, they owned a, a store in Memphis, Tennessee, and they would have never done this stuff. They would have never just, I can't imagine them going, okay, we're just going to have to shut down. I mean, that's right. just so, well, and I think about, you know, we talked about this when I was a guest on your show, the people that that forged this nation, you know, the people living today could never do it because they'd be like, no. oh, yellow fever. Oh, no, no, no. Well, we just have to stop. We just have to, you know, stay home and not, you know, no, they they knew there were risks. They knew that they weren't sure where their next meal might come from. They knew that around the next bend as they're, you know, forging West, Hope. Um, that there could be, you know, anything lurking, you know, two-legged predators, four-legged predators, slithering pet predators with no legs. And they said, you know what, it, that's life. And, and with life comes death. Nobody gets out of life alive. So I'm going to live it to its fullest. And nowadays it's like, oh my gosh, there's cooties. Oh, there's germs. So we have to shut everything down. So what was that antique store that we went to in Flagstaff that had a sign? What was the wording on that sign about COVID and the mask? Do you remember that? Well, it basically said that uh, you will wear a mask when you come into our store because the government knows what's best for us oh, and yeah. we need to comply Ew. with our government, our local government. Oh, and goodness. at that time, guess what? We didn't go into that store. Yeah, no, we just no, kept our you. dollars in our pocket, walked on down to the next store and did our commerce there. But I, I think I even interrupted your thought process, John. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'm not sure where I was going with that. I was just sort of agreeing with what you were saying that that, yeah, I mean, the previous generations were such, such tough, go get them, let's go, you know, I mean, if you look at the folks, I can't remember the caliber gun, excuse me, but when they were storming the beaches of Normandy, I mean, they weren't getting shot with a 5.56 five, round, they weren't getting shot no. with like a souped up 22, they were getting eight hit millimeter. with some, eight millimeters, and they were a gun that would shoot 12, you know, I mean, it is like a saw, it just yeah. you know, rips right through, and, and they would go to the next person, and, you know, the next person and the next person, I, I don't know that I could have done that. You know, um, I think I'm stronger than a lot of people are today with the way they feel, but that that's hard. And in that one movie, Enemy at the Gates, where the Russians were being attacked by the Germans and they gave one guy a gun with a loaded magazine and another guy magazine, no, no gun, gun, and said, when he, when he drops, grab his gun and go. You know, and, and this is what built what we, you know, the, the world. And now we're so weak. We're just saying the government knows what's best. They'll take care of us. And, you know, soon we're going to be in food lines. Gas is going to be not available and it's coming. And there was a movie, a, a horror movie a long time ago. I think if you put these special glasses on, you could see the aliens. Mm -hmm. But without the glasses, you couldn't. Is it called maybe it's, maybe it was a dream. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> we should get some of those special glasses that say, when you look through these, these are the people that are going to ruin America. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then go kick their butt. 
think now you can't say that anymore or you're going to end up getting impeached as a private citizen because you can't use you know action language because somebody could take it as meaning a, a personal threat so i'm, I'm just, sorry you know we we really well, you know what to... go over and give him a flower there you go that's kind of where we're at i yeah. think that movie was they live if, if i'm they thinking live, of the yeah. same one as you but it's right. spooky because they, they live right now right that's it I and mean, we're, we're living that movie right now because right. i think there's a big part of the populace that's just kind of going what are you talking about right. I, I got my mask on i'm going to the store and you can't shake these people out of their their mental whatever you want to call it i'll be nice i don't know but you john, know the reverie they we'll got call their, it a reverie. wait a minute john i have to they got their double mask on now they have a double mask right yeah, I mean, I saw that. that about six months ago when I was in traffic. I saw somebody with two masks on. And I just started busting out laughing. I was going to try to take a picture, but they moved. Yeah. And now no. they're telling you that. Like the, yeah. the God, yeah. the demigod oh. Fauci is telling people you're going to have to wear several masks. And yeah, yeah. you thought it was a joke. You know, no, I, you it know. wasn't a joke. It was a precursor for real life. But let's try that when it's 120 degrees outside here in Phoenix. Yeah. Double masks? I don't think so. You're going to have people falling over because you're not... You know, uh, able to breathe. I I got COVID and it was a very very bad situation. It was hard, but um, there's a guy locally that has a restaurant, and I was talking to him way long time ago. He says, "Man, I hope they keep this mandate for the mask on because I can't afford to close my store." And I can agree with that. He doesn't want to close his restaurant. The mask is kind of a protection thing. That man, every time I saw him, I never seen him do anything without a mask on. He did a mask thing constantly. Well, right now he's in, uh, he has COVID. He's got COVID. And I'm praying for him. I hope he's going to be okay. But a mask is not the answer. We could go on forever on this. But anyway, um, they just rely on these kind of basic psychology things of, of groupthink and just this, this uh, crowd mentality. And I'll kind of liken it back to high school or something where, where the cool club is wearing a certain jacket or a certain shoe or whatever. So everybody's going, well, I better get those shoes. And before yeah. you know it, the whole the whole bleeping place is wearing the jacket or having the shoes on, except now it's an extension of that. It's the, it's the mask, it's the social distancing, it's the gloves, it's the whole nine yards, but they're just kind of relying on that. Let's go along to get along. I want to fit in with the club. Right. And yeah. you got to stop fitting in with the club. The, the so cool the kids cool aren't thing, really that cool. The cool thing now is the double mask, a face shield, and the rubber gloves. Now you're super cool. Super cool. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. There's kind of like the leader of the pack. I mean, think uh, think the movie Grease. Now, if exactly. only Volta was dressed like that, I mean, the girls would be swooning. Ooh, baby. Right? So. Yeah, that's sadly where we're at. <laughs> so I, I'm more worried about how we're going to get out of it. That's the thing that scares me. I mean, and how are my grandkids going to get out of it? Well, we're, we're going to put some, I don't want to say the word fight, but we need to get some fight in the kids to say, to question authority. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to do that? I mean, I, I know we said, you know, get out. That's a part of the solution, but man, it's just, it's just scary to me because we see it coming. It's, it's coming fast now though. It was a slow process. Now it's like, we can lie to you. We can do whatever we want. We're the government. We know what's best for you period. And I'm not sure what the answer is to break that Stockholm syndrome mentality of folks, because now kind of like every great dictator or communist regime, they've gotten the people to police themselves. So now you're seeing neighbors turning on neighbors and 
oh, look, it's it's Aunt Cindy. She doesn't have her mask on. I'm going to call somebody because she had the nerve to show up at Thanksgiving without a mask or something. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the sad. What is that? What is that mentality that you have to report somebody that's not doing harm to you? So you mentioned the Stockholm syndrome, and I feel like we're sort of in this hybrid of uh, did you ever hear about the Stanford prison experiment? Yes, that's okay. it. So you've got the guards, people just, just randomly chosen in this experiment. Okay. You're going to be a guard. You're going to be a prisoner. You're going to be a guard. You're going to be a prisoner, right? Within just hours, the guards had taken on this role, uh, this very punitive mindset and it was randomly chosen people. It wasn't like they picked the, well, that one looks like he could really, you know, rough people up. Let's put him as a guard and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and the prisoners took on this subservient mindset and just followed the rules mindlessly. So I feel like we're in kind of a, a real life hybrid of that Stanford prison experiment. And we've got Stockholm syndrome from it. And it's like, what, where are our glasses from they live so that we can wake up? Where are they? That's exactly what it is. I think so much of this is just prisoner training. I mean, they've they've convinced everybody to put themselves in their own prison. I, I've sort of joked about on my show before where it's like the Andy Griffith show where they let Otis in and out of the prison, the little jail rather, all by itself. And that's exactly what they've convinced America to do. They've convinced Americans to go in the cell and lock the door and to come out whenever they tell us, which is just, it's an anathema of freedom. It's totally opposite of anything Constitution, Bill of Rights, or, or any of those great, horrible, racist founding fathers. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you. And it seems like, you know, it's not like, well, the very educated, well-read people are the ones that are, are questioning authority and people that aren't so well-educated are, are the ones that are going along with it. If there's actually a lot of very smart, very brainy, very, you know, Edge, I think then that's the key. We come back to education. They're well educated in like a college type setting rather than like, you know, you and I both have a ton of books behind us. And I just have kind of, I, I do have degrees, but I, I'm, I am into independent learning so much. I'm just so curious about a lot of different things. And, um, and I think that's the thing that's hard for people is if they're not sure what to think about the anything, whether guns are good or bad, whether masks are good or bad, whether this new law is good or bad, they look to people that they think are smart. And the person that seems smart um, is going along with it. And then they're like, oh, well, they know more than I do. So it's probably the right thing. But now the people who are smart happen to be paid actors on news shows, right? <laughs> oh, that's exactly what's going on. And I mean, the, the cult of academia is a prime example of that because they remove God from anything and they supplant it with scientism, which is just the, the belief in science as the preeminent God. So now instead of going back to faith or going back to history, now we just say, oh, well, what does the cult of science tell us? Well, Fauci and Gates tell us this and there are philosopher kings and leaders. So we have to just go back to what they say. And another big thing that sort of plays into the education is they basically they get the, the children to stop believing their parents. They get the children to say, oh, well, mom and dad don't know so much. We're the 
philosopher of truth, ivory tower god. So we know what's best for you. Just come with us, like the Pied Piper. Come with us and we'll take you under your wing to the gulag. And, mm -hmm. and well, just the, like in the Mao's Red Brigade, they convinced the, the children to turn in their parents. And that's exactly, mm. I mean, Hitler Youth, same thing. Mm -hmm. You can't Russia, say that. Thing. You can't say you can't compare Hitler things. You can't <laughs> remember true. that. Remember. Not allowed to say Hitler anymore. But you know what? It's you can't because it's so true. Yeah. That's the reason you can't. You know, people. What, what's that uh, Mandalorian girl that she said that uh, mm -hmm. that it's kind of like what Hitler did back, you know, in thirty seven. Mm -hmm. It's it is absolutely so true Gina that they're yeah that they're making it, you know. And all she said was that it wasn't just, you know, we didn't snap our fingers and end up with people in railroad cars, right? There was, there was a, pro, a progression and a lead up. And in that progression and lead up, citizens, even children were turning on each other mm -hmm. and were attacking Jewish people in the streets because they were told to, they were told that put all of your ire and all of your anger on that. That's your target, that person over there. Why? Well, because they're Jewish. Well, what's that got to do with it? Don't, I don't know, but they're bad, right? And um, so in a nutshell, I think that's what Gina Carano, uh, star of The Mandalorian said. And now she is canceled because we can't say stuff like that. Why can't we say stuff like that? Don't question it. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, Hitler took power in 33 and he didn't just start putting people in boxcars immediately. He waited about, no. I think, till, till 43 and he was just... Gradually, we'll put some people in jail. Oh, well, we'll demonize this group. We'll take them, put them in jail. And then, huh, what about that big factory looking thing is over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he, he got his ideas being in prison too, right? Mm -hmm. And he wrote his book in prison. Yeah, so. Um, so I want to not get too far off of where we are, but kind of go to, you know, what what is this driving thing? So we've talked about um, the Overton win window. So that's kind of like when when the middle just keeps shifting, 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 shifting. Am I am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. Yeah, they just keep shifting the norms from, and, you and know, then, like we kind of talked about in the beginning. Oh, abortion's okay now and now. Yeah, things that used to be like really on the the fringe now you know we just keep shifting that window of what's what's normal and accepted and um but then i think the opposite maybe of that is that we do seem to see as we go through history and look at societies and culture a bit of a pendulum swing right we'll go way over here and then we we end up coming back over here so I mean, maybe we could look at that as as maybe hope that we aren't going to just keep shifting till we fall off the cliff like Rome. Um, but Rome did fall off the cliff. They didn't have their pendulum swing. So I'm, I'm not sure what to think about that. But the driving force, the thing, the underlying message and motivation and, and all of that, if we don't identify that and start curing that I don't know if I can use the word cure. Maybe that sounds like fight. I don't know. Um, but you and I have talked off air and I think that, that we believe we could be wrong, but we believe that it's communism now community, right? That's the core of that word. What's, Oh, it just sounds so good. Don't you want community? Don't you want <laughs> I everybody? Think, I think of an association everybody? when you say that and who wants an association? <laughs> Housing association. Yeah. So, um, 
what do you think about that? How, how do you feel like, you know, communism isn't a beautiful thing if we're a commune and we're, we're all just, you know, forming a, a bond together? How is this a bad thing? Yeah, I think they've done that gradually as well. And they've, I mean, I hate to keep hitting it, but they've done it through the education. They've, they've sort of slow rolled it because they haven't started out with the big communism word. They've, they've said socialism or democratic socialism. So it doesn't, it seems more palatable to the average person. And then they've, they've gotten everybody in so much debt with their fraudulent, you know, federal reserve and all this other nonsense. So you've got these people coming out of the cult after it's no longer four years, folks, it's about five years. Let's get a, a BA now. So after about five years, because they tacked on so many idiotic courses about togetherness and love, and they, they tack all these in as required things now. So you can't just go through and take your basic core studies and then get your psychology degree. No, 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 no. Now you got to take all kinds of love courses. So you'll be more tolerant and compliant. So when you get out of the cult with your hundred plus minimum thousand dollars worth of debt and you come to the realization of dang you mean that job's going to pay me 25 30 grand a year i mean how am i ever going to get this debt paid off yeah. well i shouldn't have to pay this debt i need some help i need some assistance and so forth so they sort of get everybody they get the hook in everybody with that one and then they they say okay well i want some relief i want some reparations i want some let's pay off my student debt money basically from the government and then they just kind of keep moving them over a little bit more and a little bit more till, well, guns are bad. We don't need to have guns. Only the state should have guns. That's just for, for tyrant, tyrants and, and those, those terrible people that attack the Capitol, quote unquote, which is hogwash. But, and they just, they keep moving it over a little bit more and a little bit more. It's kind of like the donkey and the carrot. That's kind of what we've seen with the COVID thing too. You know, just 15 days, just a couple of weeks, <laughs> just a couple of months. And then before you know it, you're wearing two masks, you're doing the swab, <laughs> you can't go in the stores, you gotta stay six feet apart, you got people not coming over for Christmas, people won't come in your house, and it's that it's that quickening, it's gradual at first, and then before you know it, you're, you're headlong into this whole thing, you're That's going funny. to the camp. It's funny because you said, you know, they can't go to the house, so people can't touch each other socially, can't talk to each other about ideas, but you can go on the internet, but they can censor that, so that they can control it. And the deal about the money you were talking about, okay, let's get everybody in debt and then we'll we'll spread money out to them that we reprint and just keep printing over. But now I've done you a favor. I've got you out of your debt. Now you're, you owe me the rest of your life and my beliefs. It's, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of a bizarre example, but I kind of liken it to, to prostitutes and pimps. And once you take that federal money, you're now a hoe to the state. You're a prostitute. So you got to keep taking it. I mean, that's that's a yeah. big reason why the yeah. university and the, the even state education system is so fouled up because they start doling out that money. And before you know it, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, we're getting all this money. It's kind of you hear that oftentimes if there's a quote unquote budget. Oh, we've got three hundred dollars to spend on office supply. So it's the end of the quarter. Man, we've only spent five bucks. Well, we better spend off whatever it is on office supplies, we'll never get it again. So people, yeah. it's that stupidity, but they don't see yeah. it. So far as the trees kind this, of thing. I wish we'd have had this conversation earlier because I would have titled our theme as the hoe to the state. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Be, because it's be, true. Be hodent to the state, yeah. huh? huh? See what yeah. I, oh, I like I, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here all week. 
tip your weight staff. John, we, we, we got to wrap it up, but I'm telling you, I, I wish we could have another hour. I mean, we've well, got to talk to again. You Anytime. I love amazing. I, this is, this is great. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. It's, it's, it's got me more afraid, but I still believe in hope. And I believe that God will get back into our lives, the people's lives, and that will change us around. I think the pendulum is very high on one side, but I think that with, with us, we can bring it back. People like that. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's definitely an honor to be with you and your wife and share some listeners and talk a bit. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, I want you to tell folks how they can, they can continue hearing your thoughts and ideas. How can people follow you, John? Well, I always tell people the best way is to go to anomicage.com, just like atomic, except with an N. It's A-N-O-M-I-C-A-G-E.com. From there, you can sort of find all my social media links or those that I'm still allowed to be on. I got kicked off of Twitter about two years ago, and I've already got a strike and two videos pulled on YouTube. So you can follow me there as long as I'm there. But I'm also on um, Facebook, on BitChute, I'm on Brighteon. Rumble just got on Rumble, so I have about two followers on Rumble, but I'm on there putting up content. So if you go to my homepage, anomicage.com, you can find out how to follow me and check out the show every week. Awesome. That is fantastic. And your your opening um, theme music has is it trust no one? Is that or <laughs> question true. everything? Which one is it? Trust no one. Trust no one. And then you have yeah. me on the show, and it's like okay, they can't trust me because you said trust no one, <laughs> but you know it's okay. It's okay. Trust will verify. <laughs> Definitely trust will verify. I like it. I like it. John, this has been a pleasure. We're definitely going to ask you back again. We got many more. There was like a bunch of questions we didn't even get to. So many more oh, things. Oh, we'll do it anytime. To unpack. So thank you again, John Age of The Anomic Age. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a lot to think about. That's a lot to I think I mean, it's about. got me all, I mean, I wish we were, could have had another couple hours because he, there's some things out there that need to be questioned. And that is, I mean, what is it right now that it's like people get nervous to question, right? And we're afraid we're going to get canceled if we question or, you know, he's got to strike against him if on he says YouTube something, yeah. because he was questioning or he had a guest who was questioning. Maybe right. it wasn't even him. He had a guest who was questioning. We used to be, we used to value that. That was a core value of, well, why? Why is that? And how does this work? And it used to be called, you know, scientific theories, right? Mm -hmm. And psychological theories and sociological theories. And now everybody wants it to be scientific law and psychological law and sociological law. And like, so no more questioning. This is what we've told you it is. We've had a bunch of smart people run a bunch of numbers and this is it, swallow it down and and move about yourself. Um, well, it happened like- We gotta get back to that that curiosity. But how do we how we do that when they're controlling us and they're telling us what we can and can't do? If you look at uh, Dr. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, he has a radio show and he had a Congresswoman on his show that she said something, not him, she said something, he was interviewing her and he was kicked off YouTube because of that. Oh, 
Oh, I didn't hear that. Yes. And it's because she said something. He, he was doing an interview. If I interview somebody, you know, you get their input. He wanted, they were told him that he has to put a disclaimer in there. And he's doing live shows. You can't do that. And so they kicked him off of the, I don't know if it's a temporary or what, but this was about a month ago. So you could do your research, but he, it would definitely happen. And uh, so we're being censored. We're being controlled. That's the scary part is because if we're controlled, then how do we reach people? Mm -hmm. How do we tell them that, Hey, you need these special glasses. Mm -hmm. And that's an idea I'm going to think about if I can make these glasses that I might be able to make my 37 cents this year. <laughs> if I get these glasses that you could, you know, tell. Well, you know, the glasses, truthfully, what the glasses are is, you know, critical thinking, mm -hmm. you know, right. mulling things over, you know, checking with multiple sources that haven't just all used the same original source. Right. That's the tricky thing about on checking things online. Um, reading paper books that were written before the internet was a thing. That is something that, that I have found uh, kind of comfort in, really. It feels like comfort to me because it's like, you know, they can alter movies, especially if all your movies are streaming now. So what you're saying. They can edit things out. They could probably add right. new scenes in. They're telling you before right. you even turn it on that there's going to be scenes of smoking in this video. Right. Like why? I mean, that's not okay. harming me to know like, that, but why, why are you telling me that I can see smoking and I can decide for myself if that is something that I want to introduce into my personal lifestyle, talk with my children about whether or not they think that that would be healthy and good for them as they're growing up. But, but the idea of paper books is of course there's everybody who writes a book has a slant. Like if I'm going to read a biography or a, uh, yeah, a biography about a, a person. I was going to say an autobiography. Well, you can't have an autobiography of the person's dead. So I like to read books about real live human beings, but after they've already passed away. Because while they're alive, there's a lot invested in, you know, what can I say and what can't I say? Right. Right. I'm going to see this person at the next event and so on and so forth. And um, so there's a lot of slant. And you have to know that going in with anything you read um, or watch. But I feel like if we're looking at older books, older history, that, okay, that is a, a data set. Take from it what's valuable, leave the rest. And then we read some new data set. I'm just starting to see more and more like conflict in the way things are framed and presented. And I think it's important to have both of those. It's not like one is good and the other is bad. It's just, I think it's important to have both of those. So you, you got a new reading device, electronic reading device for Christmas. And I think you just gave the true reasons why you don't want to use that reading device. Because I think Cheryl believes that it, it may be not happening right now, but it could happen that you order a book and you have it downloaded onto your thing. I'm not going to say the name. Okay. We're not going to say the name. You have it downloaded on your thing, and when you do, it's altered. I mean, by, it it, right? Well, it, it's going to come to that point. I don't think it's there yet. I do think it's going to come. But the other thing, uh, real quick or about before the, you know, you'll have a sentence, and there will be a little asterisk, and then at the bottom, it'll say, 
but smoking is bad. Right. It's been deemed well, too bad. No, I'm you just know thinking I mean? about it's altering like... a book, altering the constitution or anything else. If if it's in paper, they can't change that unless they burn all the books first, which, oh, that happened before, didn't it? Okay, so I want to get back to these special glasses. So what you're saying, we all have the glasses. We just don't choose to put them on because I have glasses that can see what's going on today. I can go and look and see what's happening in Venezuela today. And I can see that America is heading that direction because I have these special glasses. Cheryl has the special glasses. John Age has the special glasses. We see what's going to happen. The other people aren't putting their glasses on because they're not using them. Right. The special, it's a, it's a healthy dose of skepticism. It's critical thinking, right. it's questioning authority. It's and questioning friends questioning too. Your, yeah, and questioning your own, you know, just like I said, why do I believe what I believe? Have I just mindlessly been skipping down the road or have I really put some work into forming the basis for right. my values and my beliefs? And we question ourselves all the time. I hear myself question. I, we had a conversation this morning. We're gonna tell you what the details were where I yesterday I questioned myself, I was by myself and I was actually talking to myself out loud, which some people would call crazy, <laughs> but I was questioning my, myself yeah. and how can that not be healthy? Yeah, you're mulling but, over ideas. You're hearing what they sound like out loud. But when you go to a friend's house. And then you're like, oh, that, yeah, right. I don't really believe what I just said. That's but, interesting. Right, but when you have a conversation with a friend and you know what they're saying is not right, and you don't question it because you're fear of an argument. Mm -hmm. That is a different story. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to argue. Mm -mm. You can have a conversation. You may not like the results of it, but why does it have to make you an enemy? Why does it have to make you a bad person? Because you don't agree with someone. Right. I mean, you could just say something as simple as that is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that thing that way. Um, here's what I was thinking about it. And you know, then you're just sharing ideas right. and you're not, there's such a value right now, I think, put on the, you know, the, the mic drop moment. Like everybody's looking for that. Right. Boom. You know, boy, I really destroyed that person. Are we allowed to say destroyed? Maybe we can't say destroyed. I really, I really paper cutted that person. You can't say that because it could bleed to death. <laughs> this is true. All right. We got to get out of here, man. Yes, what do. a fun conversation. I love these kinds of, I want to continue it on. I don't, yeah. we'll have to because it's really interesting so absolutely so thank you again to our awesome guest today john age of the anomic age check out his show it, it'll make you think you might sit there and argue in your mind with some of his guests or some of the topics but that is so healthy that's that critical thinking piece right why are you arguing are you arguing just because somebody told you <clears throat> to believe something different or can you like grab a book off the shelf and go, look, this person's wrong and here's why, right? But then are they really wrong or was this one wrong? Right. Mm, and the thing about, about the schools, you know, uh, uh, if you don't believe that our teachers or our supervisors or whoever they are, are teaching kids to not to comply, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's some people don't believe it. Yeah. Absolutely. So again, thank you to John. Thank you to our awesome listeners all over the world. If there is internet, we have people who are hungry 
and listening and tuning in to the guests that we've brought on and the topics, their, their areas of expertise. And, you know, that is so amazing because these conversations are fun for Dan and I, but when you all take them around your dinner tables, into your carpools, on your, into your Zoom chat rooms, whatever it may be, that is where that is everything. Honestly, you could be doing anything, spending your time in any way, but you spent it with us. And that is invaluable to us. If you've missed any part of this show, what do they do, Dan? Gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on-demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. You didn't even give me a chance to answer that question. You just went, what is it, Dan? Gun Freedom Radio, right into it. I, that's anyway. true. And if you uh, want to binge watch any of our shows, where do they go? That's on, you're going to. That one's on me? Yes. Yeah, All right. The smartphone app, Ops Lens, the YouTube, if we're still on after the we YouTube. actually used the C word on our show today, we said COVID, COVID, COVID. Um, but so, we didn't say it was from China, though. So YouTube. We may or may not have. I can we we did not say deny. we did not say it was from China. We have no idea if it was from China. We just know it wasn't from our house. That's <laughs> all I can say. And also uh, gunstreamer.com is another great place to watch the show. And as far as I know, they are not censoring anything. They are about free speech and we love them for that. All right, everybody. You know what? That's funny. I have to make a comment. Yes. Not censoring because we say something negative about the political situation. And they're also not censoring us because you might love somebody that's a president or somebody else. Mm -hmm. They're not censoring us. That's it. They're not. They truly believe that people should be able to express and talk. Apparently. It seems so, that way. So until we know otherwise, I would say Gunstreamer is a good yeah. freedom-loving site. All right, gang, until next time, what are we going to do? We are going to pray, pray. for this nation. Please, Please holy moly. moly. <laughs> Don't mock me. I'm not mocking you. Pray, pray for, for our leaders. Our leaders, our representatives, yes. right? The people that are placed in positions the Leaders, of I wish we could find another word, responsibility. though. Responsibility. We're working cannot, on that. I cannot. Uh, how about, do we pray for the ones that we don't like? Yes. Maybe especially for the ones we don't like. Hey, everybody, be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.